0: That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk.
1: All right, welcome in. Big Thursday. Big Thursday here on Sports Talk. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Josh Cohen, and our phone number, 888-898-2525. And Shane Beamer put out two more commitment alerts this afternoon. He's excited. He even took a video of his assistant coaches, his his defensive assistant coaches, and himself. They did a video in front of the plane they were about to get on to go recruiting. The excitement of the commitment they had gotten from somebody. A transfer, no doubt, might be the defensive end from Georgia Tech who's in for an official visit. I don't know, just thinking out loud, could be him. Kennard is his last name. Seems to be a good player based off his stats at Georgia Tech. Spent four years at Georgia Tech. And then a second one, which was earlier, which was put on X. And don't know on that one. Some think it might be the running back Howell, the South Carolina State transfer, though he told me this afternoon he had not committed, though he could be telling me a fib. You know how it goes in recruiting. No. Possible. No. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's possible because maybe he's, if if he is, you know,
2: maybe he's waiting for his edit to get done so he can there put it go. out on social media. I did find your story about him rather interesting. Did not realize he was a big NASCAR guy. Martin Truex Jr. fan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He lives right there in Mooresville. You have to be a NASCAR oh, yeah. fan.
2: You don't have to be, but yeah, you certainly could well, be. And and obviously the, that influence. So I would think he'd want to stay in the Carolinas, so he can stay around the hotbed of NASCAR. Well, unless if he's transferring down to Daytona Beach Junior College or something like that. If you're college.
1: not uh, a NASCAR <laughs> fan living in Mooresville, you're just going to get run over. This is true. You know. Um. All right. So uh, and former Gamecock kicker Mitch Jeter. Committed to Notre Dame. Good for him. I tell you, he's almost uh, Mr. Perfecto. What a career he had at South Carolina. You know, he replaced an excellent kicker and became an excellent kicker, and now he's going to uh, kick at Notre Dame. So, uh, South Carolina will certainly miss him when they look ahead to next year. And let's see what else we've got. Oh, um, we've got a number of notes to go over. Let me tell you what we've got on the show tonight, however. We are going to get to Coach uh, Tim Beck from Coastal Carolina previewing the uh, Hawaii Bowl, the Aloha Bowl, whatever they call it, and also comments from Clemson's new offensive line coach, Matt Luke. Tigers are practicing today. They're making some players available in a few minutes. They were going to have Chris Rumpf available today, but they changed that for uh, the first media session at the bowl site. It will be the first time we get a chance to talk to him, which would be so – We will be there on the 26th, so there will be no Clemson media availability on the 26th. So the next one, when they get down there, the first one will be on the 27th, which will be Wednesday, 27th, and then I guess the bowl will do something on the 28th, the Thursday, and then the teams will play on the 29th. So really only one Clemson-directed access
2: down there. What else could they possibly say? I mean, they've already had the Collaborative Bowl press conference. Clemson's already done a on-site here in Clemson press conference. I mean, what else is going to change between now and, you know, two weeks from now? Outside of kids transferring or getting hurt, which Clemson could just put out a release on. I mean, I, I just don't see why it's necessary to have these many coaching availabilities. Is it this 24-7 sports cycle that I'm supposed to be excited about because that's my job? Maybe. <laughs> Man, what do you care? You're getting ready to go on vacation. <laughs> you're about to forget
1: everything that's going on around here.
2: It's a working vacation. Not, not much work, but mm. it is a working vacation. Well, Found I... out yesterday. Here's something interesting. Found out yesterday the uh, coastal team is flying out next Monday to Hawaii. They're evidently having a, a joint presser on the 19th at like 830 in the morning Hawaii time. Mm. So unless you're going with the team <laughs> or you're already in Hawaii – I don't know how many media members are actually going to get there in time to see that press conference because that evidently is going to be the only one the Hawaii Bowl does before the game next Saturday. Do you know how
1: many local media are going out there besides yourself? Now, you're going out there, of course, as part of the broadcast crew, but how about the TV stations, uh, uh, the newspaper? are, Are they all going out?
2: What I've been able to gather from yesterday, the local newspaper, I think uh, Sun News, is going. I believe, and one of the TV stations from the Myrtle Beach PD area is going. I don't want See, to I think them out I think to the other two. I
1: think WBTW should send special correspondent Bob Jubak, since he's retiring in I March. Agree.
2: How about that for a, a, as you a, know, retirement as a retiring as a
1: going away present? Mm-hmm. Bob Jubak, special correspondent from Hawaii. For a TV thirteen sports, not taking anything away from Chris Parks or anybody else over there or no, any of the other guys, Bob's a legend. He certainly I mean, absolute is a legend. He certainly yeah. is a legend.
2: Absolutely, I, that's he is a, a great idea. Well, why we don't you uh, that. float that idea over there to him? See what they say. All the people I know at BTW, outside of. Chris are you know low level people, so I'm not sure how far up the Wait food chain they are. People right now are saying, "Wait a minute, does Chris know me? Do I know him? He thinks I'm low level. You might want to take that back." That's just, I don't know many high important people that's anywhere. Just, that's just me, except for you. That's just me.
1: Well, that, if that's all you got, you're in sad shape. You're in sad shape. Coming up tonight on Sports Talk, we got a big a big one. It's a big Thursday. Shrine Bowl coach Wayne Farmer. At uh, 7.05, we wrap up practice with the Shrine Bowl. They're they're done with all that, maybe a walk-through tomorrow. Uh, Ben Portnoy, the Port Authority at 7.35 on the things he's been covering on the college scene and nationally. No Mike Morgan tonight. Morgan is doing some SEC-type stuff tonight, so we'll get back with him. And comments from Matt Luke and comments from Tim Beck coming up. And your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Now, a couple of quick items. I mentioned Clemson practicing. Chapel Fowler from the state was able to watch the open part of practice, and he made a few notes here on personnel. Receiver Tyler Brown in a green limited contact jersey, which was new. Receiver Antonio Williams still in green. Offensive lineman Marcus Tape still in yellow non-contact. And receiver... Ronan Hannafin, out of uniform, on a scooter, with a boot on his left foot. This is a new injury. Hannafin has been a special teams guy most of the year and had gotten a handful of offensive snaps. So a couple of injury update there, uh, updates there on the Tigers. And uh, some other things going on. A Georgia lawmaker has sent a letter. <laughs> a Georgia <laughs> lawmaker has sent a letter to the CFP Demanding the Orange Bowl between Florida State and Georgia.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, oh, you gotta just, be kidding me! You can't me. make this stuff up. You, you gotta can't be make kidding this stuff me! Up. Who is this fool? Another person that's running for re-election? Gotta be, gotta be somebody running for re-election.
1: State Senator Colton Moore. He wants now the committee to add the Orange Bowl, Florida State mm-hmm. and Georgia, as a playoff game now. Just out of the blue. Oh, yeah, by the way, we've made such a bad decision. Let's just add the Orange Bowl willy-nilly to the
2: playoff. How is that going to work? How is that going to work? It's just not. This guy, really. I'm telling you, he's got to be running for re-election re- and thinks this will this will you know get him in the good graces in Athens and, and Atlanta where he needs to win. To win whatever election he's going for to get the Georgia people on board. But first off, Georgia's got no argument. They didn't win their conference. So they've got zero argument about being in the CFP. You can make a good argument as we have uh, with regards to Florida State, but get over it, people. Well, the, I, can I, I, I can make an argument for
1: Georgia. I can make an argument for Georgia. I mean, over whom? Probably Texas.
2: Over a conference champion.
1: Well, Florida State didn't get any. I mean, look, the Florida idea. Florida State's conference. They, 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 my point they, is, they, Georgia's got no argument. They are charged with putting the four best teams in the playoffs. The four best teams. Not the right. four most deserving teams. Not the four best teams in their opinion. You know, in but their if subjective if you win your
2: league, how can you possibly be one of the four best teams?
1: Well, in the case of Georgia, they were number one all season. They won the regular season title, if there were such a thing. I mean, they were the only undefeated team in the SEC, so, mm-hmm. you know. And they lost by a field goal in their championship game, and there was a bad call that had something to do with the outcome of that game that went against them. And they dropped all the way from one to six. How do you drop them all the way to number six? That, And, you know, Florida State – Shouldn't be in because their quarterback is out. I'm sorry, you can you can cry me a river on being undefeated and your conference champion and all that. You don't have your quarterback. He's the reason you won all those games, and so you, you barely take Texas won. Texas out now that you, its
2: backup quarterback is transferring.
1: There's a big blow right there. There's your big blow right there.
2: <laughs> I mean, you're going to take Texas out because well, I mean, they don't have one of their players. I'd That's hate a to do it, argument.
1: I'd hate to do it to Texas, but uh, it's subjective. <clears throat> I don't have to have a reason.
2: No, it's my don't. opinion, mm-hmm. and that's why we get. And you can give like me all the
1: Moore. oh, you can give <laughs> me all the stats that you want. At the end of the day, it comes down to how I feel about it. Just sure. like the committee, And I feel that Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country and should be in there. That's all because Fair I enough. see them more. I don't see Texas all that often. I see them more. They're in a tougher league, and you know Texas, they got beat by... Who beat them? Oh, was it Oklahoma? It was. Yeah. They got beat by Oklahoma. Okay. So, and, and, you know, Georgia lost to Alabama in their championship game, and Alabama lost to Texas, but that was early Mm -hmm. before Alabama really figured things out, so that's not the same Alabama. So...
2: But process My elimination opinion. tells you Texas is better than Georgia because they beat the team that, that yeah. beat Georgia. It's about opinion. If you're going to go that route. It's
1: about opinion. Until we become robots and you use nothing but computers, again, to decide this stuff, it's about opinions.
2: Well, next year it won't matter.
1: Now, some you know opinions more. are more educated than others. I'll give you that.
2: Sure. You know. But next year none of this will matter. Why not? Because all these teams that we're talking about will be in the playoffs.
1: It's going to matter about number uh how many teams are going to have 12? It's going to matter when you get down to, you know, 11, 12, 13. There'll be people complaining about that. You know, we <laughs> should be number 12. We should be. All right. A couple of other things. That's just crazy out of Georgia. That's just crazy. <laughs> it is. Crazy. The NCAA speaking of crazy. So didn't they say yesterday with this ruling by this judge in West Virginia, who I wonder if he had his teeth in when he made this ruling, um, <laughs> Cause you know how people are in West Virginia, <laughs> and uh, anyway, they said, if I remember correctly, which is you know a risk, but did they not say yesterday that in the two week period while this this ruling is in place, that you know if you have if you play games and then the ruling goes against you, we're not going to hold it against you. You won't be penalized, right? That's
2: what I read. Exactly. That's correct.
1: So now, today, the NCAA provided, quote, clarity. An athlete who competes in a game over the next 14 days will lose a season of eligibility if the court's ruling is reversed. So it counts against you if you play as a second-time transfer, and they reverse that (laughs) ruling.
2: After yesterday saying (laughs) you're you're free and clear.
1: Makes no sense, as you would say. Makes no sense to me. It,
2: It doesn't. But so what are the athletes supposed to do? Wait and say, you know, while this temporary restraining order goes through, what, in the next 14 days? I mean, are they supposed to not play because of fear that if they do play and it gets overturned? They're going to be penalized for it. It's insane.
1: I thought it was a West Virginia judge. I'm looking here now. It says Ohio. This is o- – oh, wait a minute. It's Ohio versus the NCAA, but a West Virginia judge ruled on it, right?
2: There you go. Yep, in the northern district of West Virginia.
1: <laughs> you ever been to the northern
2: district of West Virginia? Depends. Where are – you know, what what is Morgantown and, uh, uh, let's see, Huntington, where I don't think those are considered northern districts, are they? I'd have to get a West Virginia map to take a peek. Yeah. Yeah. I know Morgantown's near Pennsylvania, but um, that's on the western side of Pennsylvania, so I'm not positive that that would be considered Northern District.
1: One more thing to chew on here before we get to phone calls, 888 uh, 898 We go to this story. Uh, Pete Yanity had it last night. I think uh, Lou oh, had it as boy. well about high school league reclassification. So they got a copy of the recommendation for the high school league for their realignment. And... 5A could add as many as, as 20 schools with the new uh, counter, uh, the 3 times, the, the times 3 counter. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Reclassification Realignment Guidelines Committee uh, released its recommendations to the league office on Wednesday. Uh, Yanity and Channel 7 got a copy of it, and I think Lou did as well. And they're talking about now, uh, 5A shall number no fewer than 52 and no more than 60. And they're talking about now having two championships in this reclassification. They're talking about having two championships in 5A. So there you go with that. 4A, a low of 38 and a high of 46. 3A, 38, 46. A, 36, 44. 1A, a low of 42, and a high of 50. Geography travel shall be considered. Number of sports offered in schools within a classification in comparison with others in that classification shall be considered. Regions shall be comprised of six or eight teams unless an odd number of schools prohibit same, but in that eventuality shall be as close to six or eight as possible. committee further recommends 5A be split by enrollment in all sports for playoffs Leading to two state championships within that class, due to the number of schools, coupled with the large disparity in enrollment sizes within the classification. Your thoughts?
2: How long do I have here? <laughs> because I can spend uh, the next you hour. Pretty and much half got as long as you this want. This is every time the South Carolina. Every time the South Carolina High School League takes a step forward and does something I think is a positive decision, like, for instance, the multiplier, they take two steps back in stupidity. Because we don't want to go to six classifications in South Carolina. We're going to divvy up in 5A now. I blame, and I wasn't covering high school athletics back then, but I blame whoever's idea was to come up with the Big 16, that the 16 largest schools in our state automatically got bids to the playoffs. That's where all this nonsense started. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, Phil, just because you're a big school doesn't necessarily mean you've got 900 boys who look like Jadavian Clowney walking through the hallways who can play football. I hate to pick on them, but I saw Wando, the biggest school in our state, if not the biggest, one of the top three biggest schools in our state, play football this year. They were terrible. But why is it a situation where we need to divvy up into 5A? So we have 60 schools in 5A. Go play for one title. Remember when we used to give seven state championships away? Mm-hmm. We had 2-4A, 2-2A, 2-1A. That's why I've always loved 3A football in our state. It's the only classification that actually has some common sense uh, running it. But there is absolutely no reason here, and I'll yell this once again for those of you in the back of the high school league meeting rooms. <laughs> it should be hard to win a state championship. It should be difficult to win a national championship. But every time, we try and make it easier. So we're going to divvy it up so you'll have 30 teams in each division of 5A. So you'll take what 16 to each playoff. It's I, I just don't understand why they think that's necessary. So what you have 60. Go go compete. Mm. Go win the state championship and you can stand there on the mountaintop and say I was the best school out of 60 5A programs. But instead we've got to make it easy so we can give everybody a trophy and everybody's excited and feels good about themselves. Mm. Instead of going to a six A, which obviously I don't think South Carolina needs, just like we did need seven state champions back when we had two and four, two and one A. And we certainly don't need two and five A. Please, mm. can somebody explain to me why this is necessary, because I don't see the need at all.
1: I agree with you. I like the cleanliness of mm-hmm. a standalone class championship. You know, I don't like five A division one, five A division two, you know. Why not just call it 6A? I don't understand mm-hmm. what exactly. the drawback is in that. You know, If we're growing, if this state is growing, what does Georgia offer? Doesn't Georgia offer like 7A?
2: Maybe Texas offers 8A. Um, and I think it diminishes. North Carolina is, what, twice our size, and they, they don't have above 4A, I don't think, in North Carolina. Now they may have divisions of 4 A. Yeah, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at their playoff setup. But our state does not need more classifications. We certainly don't need to divvy up classifications.
1: You mean as far as, yeah, dividing a class? I mean, yeah, would, exactly. you would need
2: a 6A. You'd have to add another class, right? If if you want to go to that, I don't think that's necessary. What's wrong with having 60 schools in Class 5A? Why is that a problem? Oh,
1: I think their concern again is... The, the difference in size from the largest to the smallest in 5A. I
2: just gave you an example as to why that's not, well, not I hear you. a, a I hear good you. argument.
1: Yeah, I understand. I understand. But I think that's what they're going to argue about and, and stick I, to. I get it. So, All right. Uh, phone number, 888-898-2525. Let's jump to the lines on this uh, big Thursday here on Sports Talk. Big Gamecock Larry. Welcome in, Gamecock Larry. How are you?
3: I'm doing just
1: fine. You cut me short yesterday. Short,
3: but I'm a, Yes, sir. You cut me short, but let me tell you, if if Clemson played the Gamecock schedule, they wouldn't win no more than five. They would win the four that we're gonna win, and they might beat no, They ain't gonna beat the Gamecock. But that's about all I've got to say. But guess what? I just got an invitation to go to Florida with the team. Going down in February. Old Gamecock Larry's going to take his medicine bag and he's going to go down there. I'm going to watch my Gamecock racing team bring it home. But I'm going to tell you what. If Clemson played the Gamecock schedule... They'd be lucky to win five. Mm. That's about all I got to say, Mm. Mr. Mr. Phil. Yes, sir. But let me tell you, if I don't talk to you, have a good holiday. Talk to (laughs) you. I feel good. Boy, I tell you what, we're going to go 12-0. 12-0, that's the story. I'm going to stick to it till we lose one. Gamecock Nation, rise and shine. Gamecock's going beyond be on the line. Final fair in 2024. Go Gamecocks. Merry Christmas to all. Talk to you. All right. Thank I you, Larry. Feel good,
1: Mr. Thank I feel good, Mr. Field. I, 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 know I you, feel good, Mr. Field. I feel good. I know you're feeling good. Larry, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. I hope uh, all your uh, wishes come true. This holiday season, including uh, if you want to wish the Gamecocks twelve and zero, good luck with that. Uh, we'll find out starting in August of next year. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Craig in Northeast Columbia. Craig, welcome into Sports Talk. How you doing?
4: Hey, fellas, this is first time calling.
1: Welcome hey, in, It's Good to have you.
4: Yeah. I was in all this traffic in Northeast, and I picked the radio station up. But anyhow, um, you're going to have to help me out with some things here because my forgetter is the only thing that works good these days. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I firmly believe that Georgia should be in the fourth. And we all knew years ago that this day was coming. I remember back, that, that like I you've got to re- refresh my memory here, but was it not the college presidents right, that was keeping – the playoffs to just four. Uh, they did not want. They did not want more than four. Uh, well, they. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that.
1: I'd have to but, go back and look, going, but I mean, they 12. certainly, they certainly, they certainly gave their blessings to the expansion. I guess they gave their blessings to the well, expansion. It,
4: yeah, but I mean, you know, year i am talking years back though when they when they did come up with, well when they finally did come with the four. But yeah. anyhow, as far as George goes, you, y'all heard all the arguments. You presented all of them, but you know, a team that's—I mean, how many games did they go straight undefeated? You know, and and that don't count for anything. And there there are the also the returning uh, national champs. So uh, everybody knows that the, uh, the the playoff committee just thoroughly messed this up. Uh, or that's my opinion, anyhow.
1: Hey, thank you. Great Get hearing out. from you.
4: Yeah, all right. Take care.
1: Thank Get you, out. man. Appreciate it. Thank you for the phone call. It's all subjective.
2: I mean, it is. he's not wrong. It absolutely is. He
1: is not wrong. Nope. You're not wrong. Nope. I'm not wrong. We're I'm all right. I'm less wrong.
2: I'm less wrong, but, yeah, I'm not wrong.
1: Well, uh, there's degree of wrong, and <laughs>
2: I'm more right.
1: You're less wrong. <laughs> we'll continue with your calls coming up after the break. Don't go away. Big Thursday night. Phones are full. We'll get to you in a sec. Basketball tonight. Citadel College of Charleston at the, uh, what does he call it? What does Kelsey call it? The Six? The Six, that's correct. The arena. The, why does he call it that?
2: I don't know. Six man? Unless he's or? assuming that's six Man, yeah, yeah. That'd be my guess. At the Six.
1: His TD city. Arena. His city. Uh, that's Furman. a tough place to go play, I'm yeah. telling you. Furman plays at Q Lane. Saturday, Charleston Southern at Gamecocks, Clemson at Memphis, uh, Presbyterian women at USC. Will Presbyterian score more than ten points in that game against the USC women?
2: Yeah, but the over under around thirty would I'd take the under.
1: Oh, most definitely. Clemson women host Georgia State. USC, by the way, doing a aren't they doing a doubleheader and it's free concessions yeah.
2: or something? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, all the basketball games. I think the uh, now you have to. I think you have to get the free coupons or whatever off a certain website or app or something. But yeah, one eight hundred stuff should, your face. I go face. see the guys play. I mean, I go see both of them play. Yeah, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. If you're a Gamecock fan, I mean, you've got to be excited about the two basketball teams. Winthrop you're a Clemson fan, you definitely have
1: to. Oh. Be. Winthrop at Xavier, Western Carolina uh, at Upstate, uh, Presbyterian hosting Kennesaw State, SC State at Pitt. I mentioned Charleston Southern at uh, South Carolina. That's what's coming up in basketball. And a couple of other quick notes. Alabama confirms quarterback Jalen Milroe He'll return next season. Gamecocks will see him. Hello. Meet the Gamecocks. But they may have a good defense. They get this kid out of mm-hmm. a Georgia Tech transferring and – Got the secondary returning. Got all those other defensive linemen returning. Got some things. Looks like they're going to stick with the 3-3-5. The uh, ACC announced that uh, their baseball tournament will be at Charlotte's Truist Field in the spring, May 21 through 26. That's a good thing. I love this story. The new Kentucky basketball court at Rupp Arena is being replaced after just one game, an upset loss to UNC Wilmington earlier this month. (laughs) They're like, that's why we lost. You're out of here. How about that? How about that? Let's see what else the story says.
2: You can't hide that SEC money, can you? Rupp Arena announced.
1: How can Rupp Arena? It's not a human. But it says Rupp Arena announced in a social media post today that officials were not satisfied with the court and the company (laughs) that built the playing surface, Robbins Incorporated, would be delivering a new floor as soon as possible. The court was installed for the home game against Wilmington. Just four days removed from a 22-point blowout of number 8 Miami on the old court. And the Cats lost a shocker to the Seahawks. But it says here the loss had nothing to do with the quick switch. Sure. All right. Let's go to your phone calls again. 888-898-2525. It is Andy in Columbia. Welcome in, sir. Hope you're doing well.
5: Um, I'm alive. I hope Good. you fellas are doing all right. Yes, sir. Question. What, give me a percentage on this rumor I'm hearing that Juice Wells could possibly come back to South Carolina.
1: I think some of the uh, Gamecock Insiders believe that. I've read the same stuff. And, I mean,. Doesn't that go against what Beamer has said or was it only the bowl game? Did he only say if you go in the portal you can't play in the bowl game or if you go in the portal we ain't taking you back? I thought he said at a press conference, once you enter the portal, John, you're out of the program. But I could be wrong on that. And, you know, special players get special privileges. Yes, they do. It's like Lou Holtz once said, uh, I don't treat them all equally. I just treat them all fairly. In other words, the better players, the ones who win games, get treated differently than the also-rans. But he treats them equally.
5: So I'm sorry, Marshawn fairly Roy.
1: treats them fairly, not so equally. You consider Go ahead.
5: Marshawn Lloyd, a special player. I would have, yeah. That's what I'm. I agree. I think what you might have said about not playing the bowl game, or might have been the thing. I don't know. It just kind of seems, you know, contradictory to what he did last year. Because I heard that um, Lloyd wanted to come back and was told no.
1: Well, I heard the same thing.
5: Okay. I heard the same thing. He's kind of contradicting himself with this move. If it comes through, we don't even know. We're all speculating.
2: And, Andy, I'm reading a story from last year, and it was Beamer when he said during uh, previewing the uh, Gator Bowl that players in the transfer portal would not be allowed to play in the bowl game. Now, whether or not that it means, you know, once you're in the transfer portal, you're off the team, period, doesn't look like it. I think he was being just specific to the bowl game last year. Well, we don't have to worry about that this year. No. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the way that
5: schedule looks like next year, I'll tell you what, Larry needs to let me borrow his IV because yep. I don't see no 12-0. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they putting some good stuff in his juice, I'm telling
5: you. Holy I'll smokes. tell you what, he's. He's hallucinating very well. You know, he's having a trip that he doesn't even have to leave his own room, so he's doing pretty good. Um, You know, all these things that Beamer's putting out, celebrating, those are all fine and good. But you know what? As I told you all, what, three weeks, four weeks ago, where all the money needs to go to, and we haven't seen one of them picked up yet? O-line. I mean... If we don't get an O line, it don't matter what skill players we have here. Because their skills are not going to be able to be shown when they're being mowed over hmm. by the others defense.
1: Well, you're right. Now they're going to try to address that. They've got to transfer O L in. Now keep in mind, keep in mind this. We went over this last night. Uh almost everybody is back on the offensive line from last season. And you're adding three you're adding three legitimate studs in this year's class coming in, so yeah, but you got players, you got bodies, you got veterans, you got talent, and you're probably going to add to it with at least one, maybe two, out of the portal, John.
5: Well, we hope. But now, is it different now with the port with the portal that freshmen coming in? You want to sit and let them redshirt, or are you scared that they're going to? You know, if you don't play him at all, that you might not even see him at all because they might be transferred.
1: That's the risk you run. You don't play him, you might lose him. You know, that's the risk you run.
5: One last question, because we did mention him earlier, Marshawn Lloyd. How do you really feel like his transfer did for him this year going to Southern Cal?
1: Well, it depends on what he was looking for. Was he looking for a national championship? Well, no. That didn't happen. Was he looking for... A bunch of carries and a lot of yards? Mm, No, that didn't really happen for him. Uh, Was he looking for glitz and glamour of Hollywood in a big NIL bag? That apparently, well, I don't know about the glitz and the glamour, but the the apparent big NIL bag, I guess, did happen. At least that's the talk. Uh, How much did
5: he supposedly get, Phil? Oh, I have,
1: you know, this is all, again, There's no transparency. There's no transparency when it comes to this. It'd be all just speculation on my part, you know. But I would imagine, I would imagine it was probably close to. um, What do you think he probably got in terms of dollars? Five, six hundred thousand, maybe to go out there.
2: Yeah, at least.
5: That's
1: yeah. I'm just just
5: guessing here. And we couldn't match that as a university and as a program. That's just to me that's pretty disappointing. Oh, by the because way, by the way, for the money, everything else that you talked about other than Hollywood. Let me He would have gotten more carries here. Mm-hmm. There's just as much media coverage of South Carolina that there was. Well, Southern Cal got more cuz they suck so bad
1: this mm-hmm. year. Yeah.
5: But you didn't hear much about Lloyd at all. I let mean, me
1: throw this at you. I thought about this last night. Then we're going to let you go, Andy. Thank you very much.
5: Okay, y'all have a good day. Have you a great uh, holiday Thanks, Andy.
1: and all that. Uh, I was thinking about this last night, Chris. Okay, the money. Concede mm-hmm. the money to the players. So let's use the SEC as an example. They in their new television contract, each team, each school, all 16 schools. Is it 16 now with the two one two coming in? Yeah. Correct. So each one's gonna get about 75 million per year. Okay? 70, 75 million. Let's use 75 million. Her team in the SEC. All right. Let's do this. Let's forget about collectives. All right. Let's forget about the fans having to give the money. The fans shouldn't have to give the money. You shouldn't have to panhandle the fans and nickel and dime them even more I agree. for money. So you're getting a $75 million check from the SEC each school. Let's take 8% of that $75 million, Okay. That's six million dollars, all right let's divide that by eighty five That's seventy point five thousand dollars per player per year seventy and a half thousand dollars per player per year guaranteed from the t v money let's go a step let's go a step further. Who says you need eighty five scholarship players? Pro teams play with fifty two players on an active roster. Mm-hmm. Let's cut it back to 60 scholarship players on D1. That still gives you a full 44 first and second teams and then a smattering of other backup players, offense, defense, and special teams. Could you not live with 60 scholarship players? If
2: I'll take it back, back one step further. Well, let me, if you're paying the athletes, let's get rid of scholarships altogether.
1: Well, they're not going to pay their way to school. But anyway – if you cut it back to 60 players, then you do the same math at 8%, you can give each player $100,000 a year from that Great. TV money. And and to and to keep it legal, too. to keep it legal and to keep the Supreme Court off your back, mm-hmm. you don't take away their NIL opportunities. You can still make money off your social media, you can still yourself, you can still or Through the organization of your school, you can still go and brand yourself and do commercials. And then while you've got all that money coming in from television, you can take other chunks of that money for men's and women's basketball and on down the line in the other sports because you can't you can't forget them. You know, you'd have You can't legally
2: forget them Right. if the schools are paying. Title IX is going to come in, so that's why I asked. How much are you paying the women's basketball team, the volleyball team, to make up for those 60 scholarship players that well, you're paying for football?
1: I mean, I think if you want to just – hey, if you just want to get down to it, if you want to if you want to be harsh, you can base it on, you know, the percentage that we pay each player is based on the amount of revenue generated by that sport. Now, do they really – do they really why, – why can't it fly? I, I
2: don't think that would fly under. Why title wouldn't it I. fly? Why, why, because why wouldn't it fly? Because it's supposed to be equitable opportunities. And if you're paying football well, you're giving, scholarship athletes who are also getting scholarships on the women's side, if you're paying them X Y Z money, you're also going to have to pay your women's athletes X Y
1: Z well, money. I'm saying base it then on, base it on the percentage of the revenue generated by that sport. So you take the revenue sure generated by though. football, and you, you come up with a formula. You take the revenue. Generated by men's basketball, you come up with the formula, you take and so forth and so on down the line. I'm sorry, if you're not so, producing so the revenue.
2: are so the only two it, sports you're going to pay are football and men's basketball.
1: If you're not producing the revenue, no, I'm, you, I'm saying you base it on the amount of revenue your sport produces, exactly. ticket sales, concessions, parking, and TV revenue chunk. And you give them a chunk, but it's going to be a smaller chunk because they're producing
2: less revenue. What's wrong with that? I don't think that's going to work. I don't think legally you can get away with that. I don't care about the law.
1: (laughs) I don't care about the law. That's my idea, and I'm sticking to it.
2: Back to Marshawn Lloyd. I pulled up his stats. Do you realize he got the same amount of touches this year that he got at South Carolina last year? He carried the football five more times at SC, Hmm. Southern Cal, but he caught five less passes at Southern Cal this year than he did at Carolina. Now he had more yardage, but he had the exact same amount of touchdowns. He actually scored 11 touchdowns with the Gamecocks and only nine with the Trojans. How
1: many so games did they win? The- they won seven.
6: Yeah. I think that's right.
1: They won seven. Gamecocks won five. Of course, he could have been the difference with the Gamecocks. He would have made a huge difference in, in, a, in a game or two there. So, mm-hmm. all right, run to the break. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
0: If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance,
1: we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's
0: custom-tailored just for you.
2: Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company. Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company. Jackson, Mississippi.
7: Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa.
2: Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation... Now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina.
0: South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions, plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke grilled and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner in South Carolina funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
2: You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at SCEducationLottery dot com Slash Better You.
0: George Bryan for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this Tsunami, Robbie? transferring the training to the grass, this may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces, and the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces
1: adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Cornblue. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Okay, we are back. And he did commit to the Gamecocks. Scoundrel, running back, South Carolina State transfer, Jaworn Howell has announced a commitment to the Gamecocks. He actually put it on his Instagram a little while ago. And so he becomes the third running back commitment to the Gamecocks out of the Portal John. They have him wearing number 22. And i I tell you, uh this is a kid you look at him, Chris man, physically he looks the part of an s c c running back he's about six two about two hundred and thirty something pounds uh he's well he's well put together for sure
2: under recruited is that how he ended up at s c state
1: i guess i don't don't know his backstory. I talked to him mm-hmm. for the first time last night and uh didn't realize he was still on his official visit when I called him. he just took my call, and we were chatting it up and
7: I nice figured he had
1: gone home, and then I heard some. <laughs> I heard what sounded like bowling going on in the background. I said, are, "Are you bowling somewhere?" He goes, "Yeah." So I'm still here in Columbia with the guys. who are out bowling. I said, "Oh, you're still on your visit?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Oh my god!" But um, so we'll try to reach him to get more. But he commits to the Gamecocks tonight, so that would be one of the two commitment alerts put out by Beamer today. And I'm wondering if the other one. Might be the defensive end who's in for an official visit today. We'll talk all about this in the recruiting report coming up. Let's squeeze in another call or two before we get to the top of the hour. We go to um, Keith in Camden. Keith, welcome in. Good to have you with us. How are you?
8: Hey, hey, Chris, Phil. Um, real quick, coming, driving back from Orangeburg today on XM radio, I picked up some sports station out west, and they gave a statistic, and I don't know how accurate it is, but from this, um, how many people would uh, contribute to the university beyond buying season tickets to go toward, um, you know, money for these players. And they said that with uh, the statistics, based on them leaving and going uh you know like our guy lloyd going out west said that 85 percent of them surveyed said that they would not continue to contribute uh based on you know having those scenarios and those things happen you know contribute the money just like the running back it juice what plays one game uh then he leaves, and they're like, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna support that. So I don't know how true that is, but it was just some statistics. I thought I'd pass on to y'all, see what you thought about that. And y'all have a good evening.
1: Thank you. You know, it's a mixed bag, Chris. It's a mixed bag, uh, the reaction to supporting a school's um, NIL operation and schools asking uh, fans for more and more money to to give right to the players. Some will object, you know. I, I'm imagining that some of the um, the older crowd will object to it because they don't like that way of doing business right, for the colleges. Right. And But the younger crowd, the you know, we've got a younger crowd of sports fans, and I put the fans uh, in, in parentheses, in, in quotation marks. I mean, I'm not saying the younger crowd coming up aren't true sports fans fans. Uh, in general, okay, right. But I think a lot of them are now sports fans because of the gambling aspect of it. Oh, that there's no doubt the gambling now is so easy and available and in your face at every turn. I mean, you, you know, now that ESPN is in the gambling business, you can't watch an ESPN program without having uh, odds thrown in your face, um, the opportunity to, to bet right then and there, whether it's with FanDuel or DraftKings or ESPN bet or MGM or you name it. Um, and and I think that has uh, has a lot of that younger crowd, not so much sports fans per se, but gamblers who watch sports for the gambling aspect of it. So, I think there's
2: some truth to that. I yeah. think fantasy football, maybe more so at, at the professional level, but I think fantasy has been a big, big reason why the NFL in particular is as popular as it is. But I think you're also, you run yourself into an interesting situation if you take somebody like, let's use Josh, for example, back in the studio, who's just starting to get his career underway. You go to him and say, Josh, we need you to give about $100,000 to NIL. He, as much as he would love to help whomever, XYZ University, he doesn't have $100,000. Well, I know where <laughs> his money would go. <laughs> he's not he's, a, going he's to help. a Gator boy junior. <laughs> no, I was going to say, okay? he's not going to be able to help the Gators. He's, but when he's, you know, 50 and 60 like you know. we are, He's got that disposable income because he's been in whatever career he chooses, 20, 30 years, and he's actually been able to sock away some money. Mm -hmm. So you you run the risk of, all right, I, I desperately need the younger fans to give, but they don't have the money. So how do I not alienate the people who have been giving to our program for 30, 40, 50 years like Keith has with the Gamecocks ever since he graduated? It's a a slippery slope for the universities, but I agree with you. They need to stop asking fans, especially to contribute to NIL. That's something the universities should
1: help uh, to deal with on their own. They're not. My plan is the proper plan. My plan works. My plan makes sense.
2: As long as the Supreme Court doesn't come calling on it.
1: Well, I I mean, again, I – Everybody will have a chance to get a piece of the pie, but not all the pieces are going to be the same
0: size. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Good to have you with us. Those of you just joining us, man, you missed a phenomenal first hour. But you can go back and hear everything on our podcast later on. The show goes in podcast form, as you know, as well as the individual elements of the show in podcast form. You can find all our podcast stuff. At uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Berge Podcasts, everywhere podcasts are available.
2: That's Bergey Palace Podcasts.
1: Bergey really. Palace Podcasts. Right. Uh, Will not Shipley told the media today after practice he remains undecided on turning pro or returning. He said that he wished he could have an answer by now, but it just hasn't come to him yet. And Barrett Carter said he's legitimately torn between coming back to Clemson or the draft. So he's not, um, oh he was. I'm sorry, he was legitimately yeah. torn between the coming back or the draft. Of course, he is. He is coming back. So he's already announced that. Um, let's see. Oh, and if you just tuned in, the Gamecocks did pick up well two commitments, according to Shane Beamer. Uh, one has been announced: Jawan Howell, the running back from South Carolina State, transferring to South Carolina out of the transfer portal, John. All right? So let's catch up on what's happening with the Sandlappers because it's coming up on the end of the week. The game, the Shrine Bowl, is coming up on Saturday at Spartanburg High School. We welcome back to the program once again Coach Wayne Farmer, the head coach of the South Carolina Sandlappers. Coach, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine, sir. We thank you. We thank you for joining us. So, I guess pretty much everything is done, right? You don't have all that much to do tomorrow from a practice standpoint. All the heavy lifting is done?
9: Yes, sir. We just walk through tomorrow, tomorrow, sir.
1: How about the week? How would you describe the week?
9: Very productive, very productive. I thought the Chiefs did an outstanding job. Uh, You know, I mean, they they were high energy all week, practice hard. Uh, we took the shoulder pads off from the day. I thought they did a really good job uh as far as getting what we were trying to put in and soaking it up really good and, and we went out there next students so i thought um, I think the shop we did a really good job as so I think my sisters did a really good job getting these young men preparing the young men a really good job taking it in so felt really good about this, this week
1: so on a on a scale of one to ten on a scale of one to ten, ten being um absolutely perfect and, you know, one being not not so good, uh, how would you grade how well your players uh, took in everything that you guys tried to teach them, the way they handled that, the physical nature of the way they, they practiced this week, just the overall evaluation of the week of practice? I think as a
9: whole, you know, there's always going to be some mishaps or whatever. I think an eight-and-a-half, maybe a nine, probably eight-and-a-half as far as the whole fielding state. The little things that we gotta correct, but I think at least eight and a half that they've done it. But I'm more definitely proud of these kids. And but you know, I think we have a, we did a good job
1: pitching. and these kids, I think they're ready to play football now. Yeah, you know, I know it's a group of kids coming together from all across the state. They've only been together for uh, well for less than a week. But have you noticed how the chemistry is on this team? And have you noticed what kind of character? this team might have developed in this short amount of time.
9: Well, I think we I think we've got a really good chemistry. I mean they bond together like they've been going to school together. And I mean they, 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 they I mean it's like they're brothers. I mean they've come in bonded, uh, got to know each other, you know, and um I think they I think they really really did a good job and, and as far as the character that she is very high character. Everything we did a great job with that. But uh I think as far as the bond and the team cohesion, they're there. They're like one unit. I think Jay Full said it best today, you know, we're going to play for each other on Saturday. And, um, it's just like, you know, like this is my high school team I'm coaching. These guys, are, you wouldn't know we only had six practices together. I mean, you couldn't even tell it but as far as what it did. We've only been up here since Sunday, been on Monday. So, um, it's, uh, they've done a great job of that
1: have have you decided on all your starting positions everything said as far as who you'll trot out there in your your top 22 on, on offense and defense
9: uh we're close we're close we'll make those final decisions tomorrow uh we'll make those final decisions tomorrow uh we pretty much gotta who we're gonna start but we're gonna make those final decisions tomorrow as a staff
1: how about quarterback have you decided on that yet
9: it's hard i'll tell you what uh Javon and and Wilson, Matthew, they both been really good. Uh, right now, is taking most of the first two reps. Mm-hmm. But Wilson's not far behind him. I mean, he would be some 707 days and some offense. I mean, the throws they're making and, and, and reading what they need to be doing, um, I think both, they're about they're Um, Right now, Javon may be taking first. Yeah, you know, he's been taking all the first two reps, but I mean, we don't lose nothing when Matthew comes in, so uh, it's hard to say. Right now, it could be Martin.
1: All right. Any injuries uh, during the week that's going to keep anybody sidelined?
9: So we, we had a couple hip flexes. you know, probably not stretching little well, or prior injuries that people want to let anyone know. We had one strained quad, but everybody looks like they'll be full kid on Saturday.
1: How was the visit to the Children's Hospital today?
9: I think that's what they understand why this what this game is. You know, it's not just us playing soccer, soccer. It was about the kids that we saw today and, and what the hospital meant. So and the good thing about that is, uh we went to L C last night and the guy told me, you know, as far as when you see that kid take the knee get down the kids those kids accept us and really excited to see those players and uh players did a really good job interacting, but now they understand what this game is all about, why we play. This game. It's not really about the football. It's about why we're playing the game for those kids at the hospital.
1: Do you feel like do you feel like some connections were made between some players and some of the some of the children?
9: Oh yes, yeah, sir. No doubt about it. Those kids did a great job. Those kids touched the game, and some of those kids at the hospital touched some of our kids. So I thought that was a really good and a big thing. South Carolina, We've been together all week. And um, and I thought we did a really good job. You know, we broke them up. And it was mixture, and all conference. And I thought they did a really good job in the hospital today.
1: What's your greatest fear about the North Carolina team?
9: <laughs> they're talented. You know, they got a lot of speed at the slot. Uh, that nose guard is going to Georgia. Um, uh, they, they're they're a really good team, coach. I mean, they're a really good big, big team is the really, really good team. I mean, so. Definitely worry about the screen game. Worry about uh, those guys getting out in the sloppies, getting now. And I just think I've been we just got to come play and you what we you know know our assignments and get where we need to do on both sides of the ball and the kitchen game.
4: Do you
1: feel working among the coaches now? Do you feel you guys as a coaching staff uh, you work well together? Uh, you have a smooth process in calling your plays and getting your 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 play calls in because a lot of times in these all star games there's delays because they can't get the play in or they don't recognize the call there's there's missteps there Do you you feel good about the sideline operation and the uh, coaches box operation down to you guys
9: oh definitely definitely uh coach Florida's our linebackers coach Coons has been running our defense and uh, the kids we got the, you know they they understand all this, you know they've done a good job and. Coach We was going to be running the offense and coach Blackston and coach Sharman they've done a great job on offense I think the kids are, they they know everything with the do. I mean we've been tempoing, uh defense so we had missed a uh a call, so no, I think they've done an outstanding job learning everything in a short period of time and and that the coaches did a really good job uh in teaching them what they need to be doing
1: well. We are, uh, we're behind you. The entire state of South Carolina rides with the Sandlappers uh, every December, Coach. You know that it's you. You've got the one team, you've got the one team every year, the Sandlappers that everybody in the state of South Carolina pulls for. You realize that, right? And there's no, there's no split among the high schools. There's no split among the colleges here. It's all about the Sandlappers.
9: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. Yes.
1: That make you a little nervous?
2: No pressure, though. <laughs> uh,
9: it's, it's, look, well, I guess uh, the big thing is that we want to put a really good product. We want to show uh, what we've been doing this week. You know, you know, I hope it shows up on Saturday. When, you know, the hard work the coaches have done and the players have done in this short period of time. I, you know, I think we want to have a good show. I to go out there, and I, uh, our main goal is to win the ball game. And um, and I think you know, I think we, I think we're ready. And like I said, I think Coach Dews put the most pressure from the first day calling, and told me I was to be the head coach that reminded me that this is going to be his last one and that he needs to win. You know, and I think that's been the biggest one. But uh, as a whole, yeah, he's always going to be a little nervous to kick off. But uh, I think he's prepared. I think we will do a good job representing South Carolina this year.
1: Well, best of luck. Uh, we'll be watching and uh you know, this is the one time we can root. You know, we actually root for the sandlap. Not if we're in the press box. The press box, we keep our mouth shut. But away, we're rooting for the sandlapers. Good luck. Get the W. Make the Palmetto State proud. And uh, we we hope for the best for you, sir. And thank you for joining us tonight and earlier this week. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Coach Wayne Farmer. Yeah, you know what? Gummet, Chris. We have to keep our emotions in check except when it comes to the Packers, the Yankees, the Celtics, and the Sand Lappers. I no openly, root, I openly yeah. root for the Sand Lappers against the hated Tar Heels.
2: We're not in North Carolina. Now our affiliate in Rock Hill, you know, some of our affiliates will bleed into the old North State, but mm-hmm. I've got no problem pulling for the Sand Lappers. Of
1: course, you've got North Carolina blood in you. I was on
2: the other side of that coin, yeah. I mm-hmm. we went to high school in North Carolina, but mm-hmm. I got down here as quickly as I could.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. Well, look. I mean, it's a point of pride for us here in South Carolina. Absolutely, we, Absolutely. we, we. I can say we, we mm-hmm. lead that series, and you know we're at such a disadvantage when it comes to the population and the number of schools right. that North Carolina can choose their talent from compared to uh, South Carolina. So it's a point of pride. We wanna, we wanna win the Shrine Bowl.
2: You know, I think we, I think we here in South Carolina, I think we have one major advantage. And there are good coaches everywhere. But I just feel like the coaches in South Carolina, high school coaches, are better than the ones in North Carolina. And, and you know, I think it's, it's been proven with the guys who have moved from North Carolina. Think of Dave Gutshaw. Think of Tom Knotts. And, mm-hmm. You know, some of the top-flight coaches who would win every, anywhere. They just happen to win here. But uh, just moving from North Carolina down to South Carolina, I think, pardon the SEC's pun here, but it just means more. It just does means
1: more. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Hackle Television System, that group of stations, they're working with the Shrine Bowl, and they're going to be televising it. So that's great. Twelve thirty pregame, one o'clock kickoff, four o'clock postgame. So in South Carolina, it'll be in the uh, the Greenville Spartanburg market on WLOS thirteen point two. So you got to go to their digital. Station 13.2 My Network in Columbia on Wolo 25.4, which is Me TV. Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. WFXB 43.4, which is Me TV. I love me some Me TV. Charleston WCIV 30.36. My Network. What is My Network? I've never heard of My Network. Aiken, Augusta WRDW. 12.3, my network, and they will also be streaming on the com stream, live and on but no, demand.
2: But no radio network anymore. That's haven't, disappointing.
1: Haven't seen any word of that. I don't that, think, yeah. you know, Haven't seen any word of that. Well, maybe that'll change one day in the near future. Who knows?
2: Well, you know, it used to be a huge deal. I mean, the, the Shrine Bowl radio network was a big, big deal oh, for yeah. a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a kid I for stations that carried the game. Uh, as a kid, I used to love listening to the Shrine Bowl. Used mm-hmm. to love going to the Shrine Bowl in Charlotte oh, yeah. as a kid. Yeah, it was Charlotte, like a fair yeah. at the I, old I Memorial that. Stadium with their muddy field.
2: Yeah, it was a horrible facility. Oh. But <laughs> it, was horrible facility. it was
1: fun to walk around and eat hot dogs and cotton candy till you were mm-hmm. sick to your stomach. All right, we'll be back. Don't
5: go away.
0: Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County. For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting. Your home
10: is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there. Offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com.
4: Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands
2: insurance needs. Discover holiday magic with Founders Federal Credit Union. Now through December 31st, make your holiday shopping merry and bright with our special 7.99 APR rate on select holiday purchases made with your Founders credit card. You need to hurry, though. This rate will be gone as fast as the holidays. Visit foundersfcu.com cc to save big this holiday season. Call 1-800-845-1614 for details about credit costs and terms.
0: This year's Carolina and Clemson Jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger.
2: Plus, you can enter your tickets into the Second Chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to
0: win 50 dollars 75 dollars or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See sceducationlottery.com for
2: odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second chance odds depend on number of entries received.
0: Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more. More on electricity. And members save more on insurance, groceries... Healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
1: Back we are on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Cornblut, Chris Berg, and when are you going on vacation? Not tomorrow. No,
2: no. I've got uh, I've still got work to do. I've, I'll be here tomorrow, since you're not going to be here tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I'm off tomorrow, and then yeah, I've hey! got uh,
2: I've got coastal basketball at the college on Monday, so uh, Heidi and I are leaving on Tuesday to head out to Hawaii.
1: Nice, very nice. All right. Uh, phone number triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. South Carolina education lottery, lucky number to get into sports talk. Let's go to Hank in Columbia, next with us. Still got recruiting to come. And uh, the Port Authority with Ben Portnoy coming up as well. Hank, welcome in. How are you?
6: Hey, I'm doing fine, Corn. Uh two things. Um, you know, and your your question for me when you open your show with the Georgia Florida with the Georgia uh Texas uh debate, Georgia, Texas, was it Georgia, Texas, Alabama debate? If you were, if you're going to use a, I guess, an unobjective metric for that, you would say, okay, if all three of them played round robin with the wins, then you look at who had the worst loss and the worst loss would have eliminated Texas. Mm-hmm. Because if you looked at the rankings and who who they lost to and wins, if you, if you just looked at that one metric, they had the worst, if they were all one loss, they had the worst loss.
7: Mm-hmm. They also had the so best
6: win, that, though, right? Well, you could say that, but, you, I mean, all of them finished basically with well, these didn't Alabama that, right?
1: have the best win by beating the number one team in the country? Wouldn't that and qualify then, as the yes, best yes, win? Yeah, they did. Alabama. Yeah. But Alabama wasn't yeah, Alabama. the number one <laughs> team in the country at that time. We could go yeah, round Alabama, and I'm round, just, round and round, and you yeah, know what I'm it is, saying, Hank? It's opinion. It's yeah. all. You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. Chris is not wrong. The people on the committee. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, they're not wrong.
6: Yeah, I was just saying. I, I would. They would probably look at it. You know, uh, if you were going to be objective, you just say who had the worst loss if all three of them retired. But, yeah. but that's not what I called for. Oh, okay. I was calling. You now I, I was saying the thing with Chris. This whole the whole thing with that the two divisions in the five A for that that has to do. Um, probably, you know, they'll say with competitive balance. And it has to do with a little bit of the this, this scratching at the back of the of the money people into the, the charter schools and stuff. Because with that multiplier, there are a number of them charter schools who are going to end up in 5A when you start doing some of those um, multiplications. They're going to be at the bottom of 5A, sure. but they're going to end up in 5A. And it's kind of, you know, you you're trying to some of them probably, you know, that's a committee that does it. So it's not high school league is these committees that make up this are, are actual ADs and principals of schools uh, on those committees, especially like the realignment committee. And so they—they they, that was um, probably some of them getting their jockey in for that, because you'll have a school like a dormant or something high that might have 3,800, 4,000 kids, and you'll have um, other 4A schools that might only have you know 18, 1900. And so there, some of the sense of it is that, and some of the sense of is not um, pushing that down on the 4A and the 3A schools because when you get this when you get the 60, you're gonna get some 4A schools that sneak in there that probably have over a thousand less kids than the top 4A schools. So I'm I'm, I'm just saying that's probably uh, that's probably where it comes from. Where well, I know it's where it comes from because mm-hmm. even when they had the Big 16 and the Little 32. Um, because of football teams and their unique number that you can, you can get on the football team and how depth helps and all that, they only did the Big 16 and the little 32 for football. Because if you remember back in the day, when it got to basketball and baseball and all that, they just crowned one champion. Right. Because those teams are smaller, and so those teams, those schools were of the size to do it. But it's, it's, it's a little get back at the league probably. Some people on that committee because the, now those charter schools can't, can't have a, a team that can play a, with Gaffney on one Friday night to a touchdown and then go have them go beat up on old ladder. <laughs> so.
1: ain't, ain't nobody beating up on ladder anymore. <laughs> nine <laughs> and one regular season last year, nine and two overall got beaten the first round of the playoffs. So I hear what you're saying. Um, it's a complex deal uh again, I kind of like what what Chris is talking about. I think I'd rather see him go to another class rather than split up a championship within a class
6: yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I i think you can just go six a and just go all the way through, uh go through there with with the six a but you know i don't, you know that probably. We we'll push back on some of the stuff with the multiplier and the efforts to, for that balance. Because, you know, remember a couple of years ago where the Gray went to Gaffney and, and either lost by two or three and, and then beat and beat some other teams. Uh, you know, it's just a thing when you can pick. If I can pick 80 football players for real, it's different from me picking 80 guys that I'm going to put on a team. With some of those guys, you know better not get on the field. Otherwise, it's child abuse. So that's
1: all I got. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. <clears throat> I didn't really follow a whole heck of a lot of what Hank was saying. Did you, Chris? I,
2: I think his point is about splitting the five uh, A. Is you may you you're, you're going to get a situation where and the best example I can give when there were split divisions in one A and four A. The reason they did the split divisions in one A. 1A at one point in time had the largest discrepancy between the biggest school in 1A and the smallest school in 1A in terms of percentage of, of any of our classifications when we just had 4. And I think that's sort of Hank's point you may get at a school that is barely a 4A program that may have to bump up to 5A. But still, you're talking 1,000, 1,500 kids in the school. There are at least 150, 200 boys that can play football. It shouldn't matter. I'll give the example to Wando. I hate to keep picking on them, but they're the biggest school in the state, and their football team is not very good. It doesn't matter about enrollment. It matters about the guys who can play, and we should not need split divisions for that. One 5A team is enough.
1: All right, Ben Portnoy and the Port Authority coming up in just a moment right here on Sports Talk and then wrap it up with the recruiting report tonight. A lot of things to talk about recruiting wise, of course. Gamecocks getting another commitment. Tell you, their running back room, Chris, totally, totally remade now with the three commitments they have from the Portal John and then the ones returning, uh, McDowell who could also maybe play a little bit in the slot. Maybe you could use him mm-hmm. more as a receiver. Uh, Braswell is back. And, you know, right now they've got the one in the recruiting class they plan to sign next week. So that gives them, what, six? That gives them six in the uh, running back room going into uh, spring, uh, excuse me spring practice.
2: Who is the incoming <coughs> freshman?
1: Fuller, Matthew Fuller.
2: wonder what kind of conversations they've had with him. About recruiting out of the portal, that position in particular.
1: I would because say I'm, that I'm, the conversation that uh, uh, Beamer has with all these guys is simply this: Yeah, there's there's numbers there. We play the best guy, and right. you compete. It's all about competition. You come in and compete; you'll have a chance to compete. If you're the best guy, you're going to play. i you know, that's what he says. He he tells them, he, and it's open mm-hmm. competition. Um, so. If you are shy of competition, afraid of it, then maybe you go somewhere else. But if competition's your thing, you don't shy away from it. You go give it a run. That would be my guess.
2: No, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely makes sense.
1: Let me ask somebody. That's
2: the, only, that's the only spiel you've got. You've got to give them. Yeah. Look, we've got we've got a, a we have a lack of talent in the running back room, and we've got to address it. And you're going to have to compete to get on the field.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, ask somebody about that and some other things, somebody who uh, covered the Gamecocks and covered Shane Beamer very closely. Time for another edition of the Port Authority with our good friend Ben Portnoy of the Sports Business Journal. He probably knows how Shane Beamer's addressing uh, guys in a particular room where there's a lot of bodies. Welcome in, sir. How are you?
10: What's going on, guys? Appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, as always, where are you located tonight?
10: Tonight I am uh, I am home in Columbia for the first time in about a week and a half. So it's been uh, it's been nice to it's nice to sleep in my own bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, last time we talked to you, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Last time we talked to you, you had been to Penn State's, and I think you were then going to be heading out to Las Vegas for the Pac-12 Championship. Was that the last time we connected?
10: That's right. That's right for the Pac-12 Championship and the Mountain West Title Game that we're out there along with. Uh, Obviously have a number of other things with uh SBJ's conference that uh went on there and certainly uh certainly a few news items out of uh Charlie Baker and all.
1: Well, fill us in on what you've uh what you've picked up the last couple of weeks that really uh, stand out to you.
10: Yeah, you know, it's been a busy couple of weeks. I think that, you know, starting with the Pac twelve championship, I think that for one, made for a really fun, entertaining game. Um, you know, there was it was kind of a fun, at least for me personally. I covered Michael Penix when he was at Indiana when I was an undergrad. Uh, and seeing him on that stage was really fun and, and really cool to see. And same thing with kids. A hell of a football game and, and also just a really, really kind of bizarre setting.
1: I think we've had cell hell for Ben. Ben, we've lost your cell.
10: It okay. game last year, right? Oh. Whatever it might be. But... With a game like the Pac-12 title game, there's this sense of finality with it, um, and that you know that at the end of the night, this this thing is over. Like there's probably not a path forward for the Pac-12 to exist in its current form, and uh, that's a really weird thing and a really bizarre scene and and kind of a weird thing. You know, I, I was down on the field after the game, after you know most people had cleared out, and you know the only people on the field were people from the Pac-12 league office, and they literally it was a, a Green Day song <laughs> "Good Riddance" was playing. And everyone was on the stage, George <laughs> K. Apkow included. included. Uh, and they were all sitting there like arm in arm. Some people were crying, all that. And credits were literally rolling on the screen. Like everyone's name was being run across the scoreboard at, at Allegiant Stadium. And it was like the credits are literally rolling on the Pac-12. It was just, it was a really interesting and kind of, you know, bizarre, sad, all the above scene mm-hmm. uh, for everyone involved. and. Uh, definitely an interesting dynamic, but, uh, certainly, uh, certainly that wasn't the only thing going on in Vegas and, and a lot of, uh, a lot more going on, uh, the last few weeks in the, uh, in the college sports world as well.
1: How was the commissioner greeted when he was introduced?
10: You know, he kind of, it was a really bizarre dynamic in that Charlie Baker kind of, or excuse me, Charlie Baker, George Kleropkoff was kind of in the shadows, like, I was joking with someone. He had grown a, a goatee, and hmm. uh, you know, you almost didn't recognize him. He looked like he had been hunkered down and hiding for about four months, which you know, fair. Uh, I, I do think that you know, he kind of handed the trophy off and kind of scurried off the stage. I think you know, certainly he hasn't spoken a lot publicly. Certainly, there's enough lawsuits going around in college sports right now. Uh, to be dealt with, and then certainly the Pac-12 doesn't want to be handed another one of those with you know some kind of comments or whatever it might be. So uh, it was interesting. I, I, you know, he was around, but not really around. It was a, it was a really funky dynamic for sure, and very different than anything else that you know anything that I've been a part of for sure. Yeah.
1: Visiting with Ben Portnoy. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry.
2: I I was going to slide in here real quick, uh, Ben, before we move on from the Pac-12. What's the end game in your mind for Washington State and Oregon State, aside from the amount of money that they're trying to block going to the other schools? I mean, do they have a plan in place, or are they going to try and gobble up the Mountain West to keep the Pac-12 alive? I mean, what is their end game to these legal battles that they're getting into?
10: Yeah, you know, I would say that every indication that I've gotten and the folks that I've talked to is that there will be eventually, and, you know, this could happen a year from now, maybe it's five years from now, maybe it's 20 minutes from now. Like, there's no real Hmm. timetable on it. But, like, my understanding is that the Pac-12 and Mount, excuse me, the Pac-12, the Pac-2, Oregon State and Washington State and the Mountain West will probably merge in some capacity. I think that, like, the scheduling alliance was probably a step in that direction. Uh, We Hmm. saw that announced today. Uh, the Mountain West released its schedule along with Oregon State and Washington State and who they'll play. Uh, I, I think the end game here is probably that those two teams will end up in the Mountain West. Now, whether that comes with controlling the droves of money that will go into the Pac-12 this year and next year through, you know, media rights deals and all of those things, we'll see. That's still got to be decided in court, right? And I think, you know, for the time being, Oregon State and Washington State control the board and, and the board is not allowed to meet basically uh, for the time being due to the rulings and injunctions and all of that, That you know, has me thinking that I should have gone to law school in order to do this job. But <laughs> I, I do think that uh, you know, I, I do think that there's there's an interesting dynamic there. But um but I think that, you know, the end game here is that in a perfect world, I think Washington State and Oregon State would control the assets of the Pac twelve and and go and merge in some capacity with the Mountain West. Now again what that looks like and when that happens, we'll see. But my understanding is that that's that's kind of where we're headed at some point sooner than later probably.
1: What about there's something going on, some litigation going on? with those two schools that's kind of um, holding up uh, payments to the rest of the schools, their, their big TV money payments. Am I right about that? I think I read something about that. You know anything about that?
10: Correct. Yeah. So a- as I understand it, and I'll do my best to uh, weed through the legalese as best I can for the listeners, but yeah. you know, the super simple version is that, the Pac-12, as an entity, controls all of this money that comes in, right? Just like the SEC. You get however many, $400, $500, 600000000 million come into the league in a given year, whatever that might be. Uh, as it stands now, Oregon State and Washington State are arguing that they should control all of that because the other 10 schools are leaving the league. The other 10 schools obviously don't feel that way and want mm-hmm. their cut of the share for this year and next year, uh, though they won't be a part of it. Now, there's been all sorts of things thrown in between, whether that's injunctions or uh, the word T- the the jargon TRO has been thrown around a lot. There's a lot of injunctions and sort of crazy legal terms being thrown around. But the short version is, for the time being, the Pac-12 board is controlled by Oregon State and Washington State, at least in good faith. Meaning that you know maybe they'll distribute it. I, I don't think that they'll end up controlling this chunk of money, which ends up being probably, I think some folks have estimated around four hundred million dollars. But uh, what that actually equates to, and and who gets how that gets divvied up, is still a little TBD.
1: So a judge in West Virginia, I think it was West Virginia, right, ruled on this Ohio versus NCAA case and you got a 2 week window now where if you're a second time transfer you can play but you play I guess at your own risk. The NCAA said today because if that ruling is later changed then your what whatever you do in this 2 week window can and will be used against your eligibility if they change that ruling back the other way. Is that your understanding?
10: Correct. Yes. That is, that is my understanding.
1: Where do you think this is going to go?
10: It's interesting. I mean, I think that, you know, for now you've got a little bit of a holding pattern, right? So there's an injunction in place basically in that transfers who were, had their waiver denied for a second transfer, are technically eligible for the next, I guess, 14, you know, 13 and a half days, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, the NCAA has basically come out today and said that those teams who play those players will probably not be punished retroactively for doing so if the rules were to go back into place as they were. Now, the kicker is the NCAA has also said that those games played would count toward a redshirt year or whatever that might be. So because of that, you've got this sort of weird holding pattern where coaches don't necessarily want to play guys if they don't want to burn a redshirt – uh, you know there won't be any retroactive punishment necessarily, but I, again, it's kind of a holding pattern at least till December twenty seventh when they'll reconvene and you know potentially get a ruling and and we'll see from there.
1: Crazy! It, it isn't, it's just it's just absurd how and this is they, they yesterday said that if you if you play during this two week window we won't hold it against you. Then they turn around today and say we will hold it against you. So uh, there's there, Charlie Baker, whoever running that organization, they they can't fix it. It's a it's a, it's an, it's something that can't be repaired that makes so that it works under the guidance of common sense. Speaking of common sense, what about the AG at Florida? And now, and I'm sure you saw this, the AG at Florida, you know, wants to take action against the playoff committee, uh, over keeping the Seminoles out. And now there's a, a state Senator in Georgia, uh, who wants? This is the craziest one of all. Who wants the committee now to bring in this year's Orange Bowl as part of the playoffs setting, so that Florida State and Georgia are in the playoff? So, how, how do you? What do you? How do you sit around and come up with such a cockamamie idea and go public with it, thinking that you can actually get something done and make a change like that? Where does that come from? You think?
10: Well, I think that uh, you know someone tweeted this the other day, and I thought it was funny. But basically, you know, you look up, and you realize it's an election year, and uh, you know, folks in Florida Dingo. decide to, to throw some crazy things out. <laughs> but right? I mean, are you, you gonna know, you go start, around? You gonna
1: go around and say, right. "Folks, listen, I tried to get Georgia in the playoffs. <laughs> I did everything I could. I wrote a letter to the committee. I tweeted bad things about him. Vote for me, and and I'll also pave your dirt roads. You know, right? There's the, the Seminoles that'll be really feel?
10: excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, but I, look, I think like this has happened before, and we've seen similar type things, and like the reality is, it's all posturing, right? And and we there's <laughs> frankly there's a lot of posturing in college athletics these days to begin with, but I do think that you know this is another one of those things. This is go- not going to end up going anywhere, presumably, but it is it is another reminder that there is truly nothing like college sports, and that it continues to be the ab- you know a completely insane. Hmm entity but you know I think one that we all agree is uh, is certainly lovable as well
1: of course you guys are in the business of covering the business of sports it's in your title sports business journal so you're covering the business uh who do you think have y'all talked about as a staff like you know everything is there's no transparency in these NIL deals but who do you you guys have a feel for which of the Athletes out there in the transfer portal, John is is making the biggest the biggest deal nil wise somewhere out there in, in the country. Uh, who's 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 hitting the the big home run check here?
10: Yeah, you know, I mean, like, look, you hear rumors thrown around and all of that. And I think it was Matt Rule who said the other day, uh, you know, a good quarterback in the transfer portal is going for somewhere between one and two million dollars uh, for an nil deal. Uh-huh. And I think that you're seeing some of this. On some level, at least, is market correcting itself, right? Like you started out where it was kind of the wild west. You had people just throwing money at kids. No one knew what anyone was worth, and now we're going on basically three years into this, right? Uh, and I, excuse me, two years into this, really. And the market has kind of started to find itself. So you have things like what Matt Rule said, kind of the quiet part out loud. A quarterback on the market is probably worth somewhere around one, one and a half, two million dollars. You know, I've heard numbers like four and eight million. Dollars thrown around. Now, how real any of that is, who knows? And again, that points to the lack of transparency, and I think that's the biggest issue. And, you know, frankly, that was something that Charlie Baker talked about in his proposal uh, about, um, you know, not necessarily employment status, but paying student athletes. Um, And he's talked about uh, Georgia's president, Jerry Moorhead, who's heavily involved with the NCAA talked about it in Vegas last week. I was listening to him and he, he said, you know, you have all these things being thrown around and rumors, like there's no transparency with any of it. And there needs to be some way to regulate that. And I think you've seen some bills introduced on Capitol Hill that would, you know, hope to hope to deal with that, where things are disclosed a little bit more and, um you know certainly that creates all sort of issues or sorts of issues but i do think that there's look there's real money being thrown around and there are guys who are making real money but i think the amount of guys that are making that kind of money is a lot smaller than i think you know the general public would would uh would, would think is the best way to probably put it
1: well we'll let you go i want to go back to my original comment as what brought you on because you covered uh, the gamecocks you covered Shane Beamer and uh, you know what he has said about what he tells recruits both in the portal, John, and also in the high school ranks, when he's got a bunch of players in a room, it's like, hey, we are all about competition. We play the best players, come in and compete. Is that what you recall him saying?
10: I do, and I think it's been interesting. I mean, they've obviously picked up a number of guys. Running back was definitely a, a dearth for a little while and uh, last year, so they've done some work there. Uh, you know, I think Shane Beamer's largely, I think, done a really good job in the portal. And I think that, you know, there haven't necessarily been the huge, huge hit guys. I mean, Antoine Wells and and Spencer Rattler have been those guys. You know, it's maybe one or two a class. But I think the thing that South Carolina's done really, really well, and I think that Shane Beamer probably deserves a lot of credit for and I know there's people who are restless after a 5-7 and season. But, like, the thing that South Carolina's done really well for the most part is they've plugged a lot of holes. And that's not necessarily guys who are going to be, you know, all SEC players or whatever it is, right? But you've had guys who've turned into really solid, productive pieces for – for full seasons, right? Like Nick Gargiulo was a good example, right, at, at, from Yale this year, who, you know, wasn't an All-American all or anything like that, but but filled a need and, and played a role that was really helpful on an offensive line that really needed the help, right? Mm-hmm. And, and guys like that, that I think that South Carolina has done a really good job with that. And look, there's going to be certain guys that pop or you find a Juice Wells here or there, or Spencer Rattler or whoever, but I do think that South Carolina has done has done a really good job of filling holes, and, you know, certainly they've done that at running back of late and in other spots as well.
1: Well, I leave you with this, my friend. Sevalista hasta la muerta.
10: <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm impressed. I mean, that was pretty good.
1: How how close was I? This is on your. Uh, for some reason, this is what you have on your on your Twitter <laughs> on your X handle. Yeah. What is that?
10: Uh, it's a. Uh, I hope I it wasn't profanity to in to another the, uh, language. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, uh, I would say that's an ode to uh, the time I spent living in Spain. So there you go. That Sevilla, South Olmarte. That was pretty. That was pretty good, Phil. I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. You did a pretty good job.
1: I did have two years of Spanish in high school, my friend. So I'm not completely <laughs> yeah, incompetent. Well. Say what? I
10: that, that was pretty good. Are you? Pretty are good.
1: you fluent in Spanish?
10: I am. Not fluent, but I speak it pretty well, I would say.
1: Yeah. Buenos dias, senor.
10: Stop, stop Gracias, Phil. amigos. Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> Como estas? Thanks, Ben. Como estas? <laughs> ben, thank you very much, my man. We'll talk to you next
10: week. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank Always you. fun. See thank you,
2: you. I'm bilingual. Say sharp dude. I'm, I'm, just, I'm impressed. I'm I'm, so bi- I'm bilingual. I am awfully, awfully impressed. <laughs>
1: to recruiting. We got ourselves up against the clock here recruiting brought to you by Seawells tonight here on Sports Talk as it is every night. You know what tomorrow is, Chris? Yes, indeed. Tell them what tomorrow Half is.
2: Roasted sirloin of beef. It's a roast beef Friday with a southern fried chicken and baked flounder as your proteins. To you go along with all those farm fresh vegetables, salad bar and dessert.
1: Well, I'd be there tomorrow for that, but I'm going to Latta tomorrow. Is the annual Latta pig picking, where oh it is they feed anybody who shows up free of charge. This is done by the community by a group of wow. men started about cool. 50 years ago. It's a holiday thing. It's a holiday spirit right. thing, yep. and they do That's it. Awesome. They do it over in the. Uh, they do it at the rec center. The rec center just down from the high school, and I mean they've got chicken bog and all kinds of great vegetables and it's it's just free you just walk up get in line and they feed you so
2: good for them i try That's to hit great. that up
1: when i can so i'll catch sea wells next time but you can catch sea wells for the best in catering 803-771-7385 online at seawellscateringsc.com all right of course you know from uh, earlier south carolina gets a commitment another running back Joe Warren Howell, 6'1", 215, rookie of the year. And the MEAC came on very strong for South Carolina State this year, 644 yards, seven touchdowns in nine games. He averaged over nine yards per carry. In his last game, 27 carries, 283 yards, three touchdowns against Howard. So he commits to the Gamecocks. They have another commitment, has not come public yet. Shane Beamer put out two alerts today. 2024 linebacker C.J. Kuba-Taylor, 6'3", 220, Oni, Maryland, plans to take an official visit to Clemson this weekend. He has been projected to commit to the Tigers by Paul Strilo of Tiger Illustrated, so that must be done. He's a teammate of Clemson Commitment, Darian Mayo. He has offers from Charlotte, Marshall, Towson, Delaware State, Maine, Morgan State, Navy, and Temple. Clemson today offered 2024 offensive tackle Mason Wade, 6'5", 290, Purcellville, Virginia. He's been committed to Duke. He also has offers from Boston College, Southern Cal, Auburn, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. Per the big spur, Georgia Tech defensive end Kyle Kennard, 6'5", 238, taking an official visit to USC today. He's also been courted by Florida State. He played in 42 games over four seasons in Atlanta, He totaled 115 tackles, 21-and-a-half tackles for loss, 12-and-a-half sacks. He could be the one that the other alert is for. Texas Tech transfer offensive tackle Monroe Mills is also on an official visit with USC today. He was at Louisville earlier in the week. Vanderbilt transfer quarterback A.J. Swan has also wrapped up his official visit to USC, did that earlier week. Today, USC offered 2025 safety Jadon Blair, six four one eighty five of Winston-Salem. According to Pete Femmel, Georgia, USC, Southern Cal, Syracuse, Baylor, Oregon State, and Duke are indicating interest in Texas quarterback Malik Murphy, who is now in the uh, portal, John. Of course, he writes it as South Carolina, comma, USC. But the real way to report that Pete... Is USC, Southern Cal. That's how you do it if you want to be journalistically correct. Former USC. Like Jesse Palmer
2: when he says SEC conference, you're just repeating yourself.
1: That's true. Former <laughs> USC place kicker Mitch Jeter commits to Notre Dame. Vanderbilt transfer receiver Will Shepard, who had an offer from the Gamecocks, commits to Colorado. USC offered 2026 receiver Donovan Murph, six three one eighty from Irmo. There you go. Recruiting tonight, and we'll see if whoever that other commitment alert is for, see if that individual comes forward with that information tonight. All right. Uh, we have anybody, anybody else holding on the phone? No? Okay. So, we're going to wrap things up. I'm off tomorrow. Got a little family time going on. Nice. So turn things over to you guys. You'll have um, you'll have uh, uh, Lee Sterling, Sterling Picks tomorrow night as he gives you some picks on some bowl games. You'll have um, George Bryan and MJ. MJ's going to join George tomorrow night That'll to talk fun. about the uh, Live Golf and John Rom and all that kind of stuff and things he's hearing nationally and internationally about the golf scene.
2: And we may also try and get in some coaches' audio we've been promising for two days now.
1: True that, true that. <laughs> because
2: <laughs> and Smitty and I are going to have a little fun tomorrow because we are compiling a list of what we believe were the biggest sports moments of 2023.
1: Very nice. Run down some of those. Oh, so tomorrow. you don't have fun That's when well. you're with the corn, but you have fun with Smitty. Well, I, you're get more it. Than I get to, it. Welcome uh,
2: to submit your list if mm. you'd like. Could we'll give you a little homework tonight.
1: Tulane is leading Furman 46-35, College of Charleston leads the Citadel 44-32, Florida over East Carolina 37-30, those are all halftime scores, and Wisconsin is leading Jacksonville State 38-30, that's another halftime score for you. Uh, it's been a quiet week with exams. I don't know why they make these guys take exams. If I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars, why do I give a damn about a final exam? You know, just pay
2: me. Not here to play school, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, seriously. <laughs> seriously, where is the desire? I mean, seriously, if you're making that huge money, where is the desire to go get your degree? You don't need your degree. I mean, you don't. If you're making six, seven $700,000 a year in NIL money, Unless you just want to have it to satisfy, you know, your family. But, shoot, I wouldn't take a – I wouldn't, you know, rack my brain on a final exam if I'm making that kind of money. Chris, thank you very much.
2: Yes, sir. Enjoyed it.
1: Same here. Uh, thank you, Josh. Great job. Thank you for being with us, everybody. Have a great night. Be sure to join the guys tomorrow night. <laughs>